Howdy ho, neighbor Joe, and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Uh, if your name is not Joe, and if you're not one of our neighbors, you're just going to have to live with that because, as I mentioned last week, I'm going with different salutations for each episode. Uh, as we begin, this is season seven, six. We just started a new season, I've been told. Yep, this is episode 7.2. So if you listened to our last episode, um, you were listening to the season seven premiere and you might not have even known about it. Uh, I actually didn't know about it. That's how up to speed we are on things around here. Uh, I am Illegal86, and as always, I am joined by Nerd Bomber, who you just heard from. Howdy ho. Uh, is it Neighbor Joe or Ranger Joe? Howdy ho, Neighbor Joe. Did I, did I do it wrong? I think it can go either way. Whatever you're feeling, whatever you're in the mood for. Tactic, would you say, so t- I have Tactic here with me, would you say you're a Ranger Joe or a Neighbor Joe? I'm going to start with saying hi, everyone. And hi. secondly, I'm going to go with Ranger Joe, just because okay. Ranger sounds sweet. But is it, well, it, okay, but is it like a, see, I think of like a Park Ranger, and I'm not really sure. I think of like a Power Ranger. Okay. Different strokes for different folks, I guess. Uh, the point is, we're here, and... Uh, we got a great show put together for you guys once again. We're going to be talking about this new Dr. Doolittle trailer. It's it's uh, RDJ's first foray into the non-MCU uh, movies in, in quite a while. We're going to be talking about this big Fortnite news. We talked about Fortnite last week, but there's more to talk about this week. And we're going to be talking once again about one of our favorite Caped Crusaders, Batman, and uh, more specifically, uh, Catwoman has been cast for the Matt Reeves batman movie so we'll get to that but um let's start off with this with this dr doolittle trailer so um for those that don't know the trailer for dr doolittle uh dr doolittle of course being i don't know a kooky doctor who can talk to animals i guess um the trailer dropped i think over the weekend is when it dropped and um robert downey jr is playing dr doolittle so if you haven't watched the trailer and you want to know what we're talking about you can you can hit pause and you can go over and watch the trailer and come back and uh, be up to speed. I think it's like, you know, a two minute, like a standard length trailer. Um, off the top, uh, reactions. Nerd Bomber, Tectic, what do you have? For one, this is definitely not your Eddie Murphy, Dr. Doolittle. And I, I, got, I don't know if you guys know, and maybe this question we'll need to look up, but do you know if Dr. Doolittle started with Eddie Murphy or was that based off of some kind of like fantasy novel or children's story that I'm just not aware of? I'm looking it up right now. Um, I would imagine it has to be like a, like a folk tale or something. Yeah. It's Dr. Doolittle is the central character of a series of children's books by Hugh Lofting, starting with the 1920 novel, the story of Dr. Doolittle. Um, so yeah, it's from a long time ago, I guess. So I, yeah, I mean, I do, I, I will say that I watched the Eddie Murphy one when I was a kid and I was like a, a reasonable enough fan of it. Yeah. I watched it know? like 27 times every single one. I don't know why I watched it so many times. It was one of those movies that were always on for me, I guess, because I had basic cable and as I got older, it stayed on it. So are there, there are, are there sequels? Oh my yeah. gosh! Oh my, yeah, there's a ton. I think there was I three total. Sequels. And I there think they like four sequels. They spun it off too, and they gave I think Doctor Doolittle's daughter from the movies. Yeah, the daughter at least. can speak to animals. Yeah, they gave her powers, and like she had her own little Doctor Doolittle spinoff. So this like like and it's worth noting like the Eddie Murphy rendition. You know, the first one came out in 1998, so like we were all like six years old. So it was like the perfect. I feel like we were the perfect age for it. It was released as a kids movie, and like. It's kind of this kooky doctor who it's Eddie Murphy. He lives in the city. And I think in the movie, he doesn't, he realizes, or no, it says as a boy, he can, can talk to animals. So he becomes like a veterinarian living in San, San Francisco. I'm just reading the plot diagram. And I'm the point I'm trying to make is that the new one looks completely different. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's closer to the source material, but like we see Robert Downey Jr. on like, he's on like a boat going somewhere. It's, He's in like some rustic. I don't even know what time period it is. There's a lot to uh, to digest. Yeah, I wouldn't even compare them. I'd call them two totally separate worlds, universes, books, whatever you want to call them. Movies would probably be the right one. I think that's probably why they <laughs> called it Doolittle and not Dr. Doolittle. Because I think if you say Dr. Doolittle, everyone immediately thinks of Eddie Murphy. But by taking the doctor part out, you at least make it feel slightly different. 
There's probably still rights on the Dr. Doolittle. I mean, not if it's so, based well, off a book. I honestly don't know, but like w- what's clear is that it's completely different. I mean, we do ha- we have like a phenomenal cast here. We have Tom Holland uh, rejoining Robert Downey Jr., Emma Thompson, Selena Gomez, uh, Ralph Fiennes, uh, John Cena, Rami Malek, like a, a huge number of celebrities lending voices to the animals. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't care for this trailer. I, I mean, I, I felt, I mean, we, we have some, some feedback here. Um, we actually did get a tweet about this cause I, I mentioned on, on our Twitter that we were going to be talking about us. Uh, shout out to my Twitter at O W illegal 86, uh, nerd bomber at O W nerd bomber, O W tactic. And of course, online warriors one is the account uh for the show itself uh our good friend ben um joined us in our reactions and i want to run through some of his points because i agree with all of them uh the song used in the trailer not great uh i am a huge trailer music guy i'm a huge movie score guy in general like my spotify if you looked at it would just be like john williams hans zimmer all these people this is like it's like a slow version of what a wonderful world which, that's to be clear, like, that's already a slow song. They slowed it down way more and, like, tried to make it, like... You know how they... And they do that a lot now. Like, they take songs, slow them down, try to make them feel much more epic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works sometimes, I will say. Sometimes it works. It did not in this case. Uh, ben also said... He asked a question that I think a lot of people are asking. What the heck kind of accent is that? That's my biggest issue. Um, yeah. I actually don't mind... What a Wonderful World as the music. Didn't mind the animation. That was another sticking point. Yeah, that was um, his third point. Mainly, I didn't mind the animation because uh, to the same point of Eddie Murphy, remember, we grew up with Flubber. So animation is far okay. better than it, than it ever was. Hold on. Flubber was amazing. Yes. but Before, but, you, before you go too far. But the animation was just okay. Um, anyway, the accent. The accent, I just, is it Scottish? Is it, is it English? I don't know what it is. And that's what so bothers it, it, me most of all about it. And and the thing about it is that when he first spoke, it sounded like if, if you've seen the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, he sounds exactly like that. And I love those movies. So I was like, okay, like, yeah, he's back to being almost like Sherlock Holmes. Sounds good. But then as he talks more in the trailer, like you said, it, it picks up more of like a, I think it is Scottish. I think it's supposed to be Scottish. And again, for all we know, again, that's, that's the origins of the character. But it's just not what we're used to. I, I don't know. Like, I think the problem with this trailer, one of the main problems is that we're being exposed to a lot of like new additions or revisions to this character that we weren't previously exposed to. And then we're being told, just go with it. You're going to want to go see this. Just go with it. Do you think they're going to have Tom Holland's American accent or his normal accent? I would have to guess uh, his normal accent. But boy, I'm honestly not sure. Um Another thing, and I, I just looking this up now, it's so it's supposed to come out in 2020. Well, now I'm confused because it's on IMDb, it's listed as The Voyage of Dr. Doolittle, which leads me to believe that they already have plans for a sequel. <laughs> like, it sounds like they have like a subtitle all worked out and they're going to be doing more with this. Or. It could be like a different title for different regions. Like I know sometimes the UK has different titles than what we get here in the US. That could be it too. Could be. Could be. Um, I I don't know. Like I'm getting like a Lion King vibe from it, kind of. Like, I, when I watch the trailer, I'm wondering who they're trying to attract. I guess it's probably the Lion King crowd and maybe even the Aladdin crowd. But those are classic Disney movies, so maybe not. This isn't a Disney movie as far as I'm aware. Um, and I can confirm that. Can I confirm that? I don't think it's a Disney movie, but I honestly don't know. So overall, Um, are you excited to see it or do you think it shows no interest to you and you're just going to see what else comes out at that time? It's not for me. It it, it doesn't seem like it's for me. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's made for me. It doesn't seem like the kind of movie that I would like. Um, but I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I feel like it could be interesting. I had vibes of like The Life of Pi, which was one of my favorite novels when I was in like the high school age. And when they turned it into a movie, there were a lot of like CGI animals and stuff like that. And like there is the boat and the sea adventure. So I think it might have vibes like that. I'll probably end up seeing it, but I don't know if I'll go see it in theaters. And I'll probably wait to see what reviews say. 
I, I think like when I see the trailer and again, another way that it's different from the Eddie Murphy version, the Eddie Murphy one, there's no backstory at all. It's just this guy is in a city and he can talk to animals. This like the trailer implies that there's a lot that you don't know about this character that you need to know. Like, and I'll read the premise of this version of the movie. I, I already kind of talked about the Eddie Murphy one. Uh, premise after losing his wife seven years earlier the eccentric dr john doolittle famed doctor and veterinarian of victorian england hermits himself away behind the walls of doolittle manor with only his menagerie of exotic animals for company but when queen victoria falls gravely ill a reluctant doolittle is forced to set sail on an epic adventure to a mythical island in search of a cure regaining his wit and courage as he crosses old adversaries and discovers wondrous creatures i have this feeling that based off that description and i'm going to make a prediction right now i know nothing about this movie besides what we saw in the trailer but i have a feeling that if the movie doesn't go super well or if they don't anticipate making sequels it's going to wrap up with this was all in his head and it was a, like grief coping mechanism calling it now i mean his wife's been apparently dead for seven years it doesn't say dead it says he's lost his wife but i mean he's, she's probably dead I, yeah, I mean, there's there, just that premise. There's a lot more information there than the trailer provided, um, which I guess makes it marginally more interesting to me. Uh, it's still, it, just, it seems like an adventure movie that's going to be high budget and low story. <laughs> and it's not my cup of tea. Uh, Tactic, any final thoughts on this? Nerd Bomber just totally blew my mind with that uh, that guess of the story, and I can't think of any alternative one. I think that's a fantastic guess, and I feel like this is going to be another movie that you ruined the surprise twist at the end for me. Sorry, I did that with well, Detective that- Pikachu. I totally predicted it. I don't want to give it away, but if you've seen the movie, you know that there's something that happens towards the end of the movie that's kind of a twist. And, I mean, I think Pikachu even says, ooh, twisty. And when we saw the trailer for the very first time, I just looked over at Tectic and I was like, this is what's going to happen. Calling it now. And I nailed it. Totally nailed it. So do, when you say it's going to be a, a grief coping mechanism, do you mean that he do, he can't actually talk to animals and that part's all in his head? Or do you mean just the adventure is in his head? I think maybe both. I think he'll have all of these exotic animals and during the trailer, like it seems like he's teaching the animals lessons as they go out, go throughout their adventure. So I think that him teaching the animals lessons and like it's okay to be scared when he says that to the gorilla. I think that's things that he's like teaching himself, and maybe he is going on an adventure. But I, I'm willing to bet that at the end of this, if they don't want to go and like really double down on the whole like mystical fantasy aspect that he can actually talk to animals this whole thing will just be him teaching himself how to overcome his like withdrawn life and get over his grief boy wouldn't that be an amazing way to end this movie which i think is supposed to be a children's movie is there like he's like in an office somewhere and some guy's like what do you mean you can't talk to animals and then he just winds up in an insane asylum That'd i didn't mean like that I I I want to see that's the final scene is is Robert Downey Jr. in a padded wall cell. Like I and I'm glad you brought up the uh, the gorilla. It's okay to be scared scene because I'm sorry I literally laughed out loud. That was like I think that that might have been the single moment where the trailer totally lost me. Is I was like that and again that was when I realized I was like okay this movie is not for me. It's for people who don't know that it's okay to be scared <laughs> I, I don't know it was, it was a weird moment for me um i would love i would love a dark take on dr doolittle you know like if if he if it's all just in his head i can't see it actually happening though because i feel like robert downey jr has really embraced the hero role in the, the types of roles that he takes in movies at least like I think he loved being Iron Man because he loved having that effect on kids, like being able to be that hero character for millions of kids around the world. So I think that this will probably not be that. It'll probably be uplifting and cheerful and maybe spin off another franchise for him to make movies from. See, I disagree with you there, because if you look at the history of all the movies he's done, he's done some really out there kind of plot twisty ones that are 
totally up his alley. And, and if he did something like that at the end of this, I would not be surprised. And that's why I'm just absolutely blown away by that theory. Well, so this, this is a good like conversational side quest. Like this is going to be Robert Downey Jr.'s first movie outside of the MCU, which is, you know, pretty much outside of like, I think he made the judge when he was making the MCU movies, but like for the most part, he has not been making other movies. Do you think now that he is in a typecast situation where like he can't play a villain ever again? Because like one of my favorite Robert Downey Jr. movies is he was in Zodiac, which is a great movie. First of all, um, spoiler alert, he doesn't, he's not a great guy in Zodiac. I mean, I don't, he's not the Zodiac killer, so he's not like the main antagonist, but he's not a good guy. So like, I think he's capable of that, but at the same time, is he capable of darker roles with the mainstream audience now? Because that, that's a good point that you raised in our bomber is maybe he won't be able to do roles like that anymore. I think he'll be able to, but not for a long time. Cause I think, like you said, he's been typecast and I think until the current generation of Marvel kids grow up a little bit, um, like, cause there's so many kids under, I would say like 13 who really idolize him and Iron Man as a hero. So I think until they reach their twenties and like a new, batch of kids is raised on a different set of marvel avengers and he's not like the staple as being a hero then i think in like probably 10 years or so he'll be able to dive back into those villain roles but he could prove me wrong i'm not sure well that's a good point too is that like even though he's not in the marvel movies anymore like i mean if you guys saw the latest spider-man like he's gone but like everyone's still talking about him like he's still like off screen he's a pivotal figure in what happens and he's this you know again this like you said this idolized hero so it might take a while for that effect to wear off with that fan base which as you mentioned is comprised of of mostly kids um so doolittle uh comes out january 17th 2020 uh again if you haven't seen the trailer yet you might want to go check that out because it looks like this could be a high profile movie uh, so let's move on now to, uh, this big Fortnite happening. Um, so I, I don't think any of the three of us play Fortnite. Uh, at least we don't regularly. Um, but of course, you know, we're hosts on a like gaming nerdish podcast. So we know about Fortnite and, uh, we also therefore heard what happened, uh, last week, um, which is essentially the game shutdown. Uh, Essentially, I guess a black hole just appeared on the screen and you couldn't play um, all the maps that you knew, you know, any ability to play was completely gone. Um, and that that was like that for, I guess, a day and a half. Um, and people were wondering, OK, what's going on? Like, what does this mean for the game? Um, and then uh, you, you had this visual of a black hole, it looks like a screensaver, essentially. Um, but then after a day and a half, the server just went offline uh and all we had was a loading screen with a message that read fortnite servers are currently undergoing maintenance please try again later um so that got people wondering even further and you had people um you know reading numbers and and trying to work together to decode and figure out early what was happening um what did wind up happening is fortnite launched what's called chapter two um so it was actually today, the day that we were recording. Um, essentially, chapter two began. So there are a bunch of new maps, um, 13 new locations to be exact. Uh, you can go fishing now, which I don't even understand how that works. Swimming, uh, there's boats now, there's haystacks, dumpsters. Um, there's certain new perks within the game, um, brand new XP system, uh, new medals you can earn in game. Um, new weapon upgrades, new weapons, as far as I'm aware. Um, so a huge update for people who are Fortnite fans and, um, raises a lot of questions in my mind about where Fortnite is going. If it's going the way of other similar, you know, battle Royale style games, if they're ever going to try kind of doing their own thing. Um, but it's obviously a huge deal for Fortnite players everywhere. So first of all, I guess, what do you guys think of this tactic of, shutting down for, for multiple days. I mean, I don't know if, if there are many games that do that kind of thing. 
This was probably the best marketing stunt that I have seen in a very, very, very long time. So I don't play Fortnite, but I hear a lot of rumblings on the internet and there were a lot of complaints with the way that Fortnite has been being updated and the things that are being brought into the game. Um, all of those complaints suddenly disappeared when people thought that the game might not be coming back. I mean, all of the social media accounts for Fortnite were pretty much wiped clean. All you saw was that black hole. I think at one point the Twitter account um, said like, this is the end. People were genuinely skeptical whether Fortnite would just disappear off into the night. And all of a sudden, everyone was paying attention. I mean, I don't know if you guys checked out the Fortnite Twitter or the Fortnite Twitch or the Fortnite website, or Facebook, or any of those services. Um, but there were people watching a live stream of a black hole for hours on end, just staring yeah, at it. just waiting to see something. Like, it, it's, and yeah, the, the, the fact that, like, again, the three of us don't play, but the fact that we're here talking about it means that Epic's marketing strategy completely worked. Like, I heard about it almost immediately, even though I don't play, I was speculating myself about what it could mean, and you're hearing all these theories and, and you have people who are just so, so, so invested in this. And, and, you know, we talked last week about how, you know, parents were trying to sue because, you know, Epic was underplaying the addictive qualities of Fortnite. Well, this may be uh, exhibit A in their case of like people getting like really sucked into the idea of like the game goes dark. What does this mean? Is it over? Like, it's not, it, it, it was never going to be over. I mean, Fortnite makes Epic however much money. It's this huge cultural staple. It wouldn't just end after, I don't know, how long has it been going? It has to be a couple of years, but in the lifetime of a game, that's not really that long, or at least a game franchise. So I don't know, like, is there any urge from either of you guys to, to pick it up now? Or, you know, because for me, that hasn't really changed. I don't see much appeal. Um, it still seems like a stressful game to me. Well, but for me, first off, I think that was messed up that the way they did that. There are people that have invested hundreds, if not thousands of dollars into this game. And for it to just go dark without any warning. I mean, you've, if you've, you've probably seen videos of kids getting their consoles taken away and the absolute tantrums that they fly into from this. <laughs> right. It's horrible. I mean, all, there's there was probably thousands of kids that were absolutely mortified because they don't know what's going on. And they just want their game that they're so heavily invested in. I'm of the mindset, if you're a corporation or something and you have all these faithful consumers, you're good to them and you tell them, I don't know, hey, don't worry, it's an update. It's not gone forever. The whole scheme to get attention, I'm not a fan of it personally. Okay, so that that's a dissenting opinion. Like, I, I thought it was cool, but I, I totally understand what you're saying, especially, I mean... I, you know, we can think critically enough to, to say that like, okay, it's definitely coming back. It's not gone forever, but certainly some of the younger players of Fortnite, yeah, they might've seen that and been like, it's gone. What do I do now? You know, like, and just like you said, kind of freaked out. So yeah, in a sense, you know, they're, they're playing with fire there. Well, I can only Um, imagine like streamers who make a living off of streaming and playing Fortnite. Oh yeah. Had to have been pooping themselves not knowing what was going on. I mean, I'm sure the bigger influencers were probably looped in, but the smaller ones or like the mid-tier ones, man, that would be a killer because then you don't know what the next big game is going to be that's going to get all that hype. You don't know if you're going to be able to like transition over to a new game. So that had to have been a very stressful weekend. That's very true. There, I mean, you know, you, you do, I guess, well, if you're me, you do forget about the massive economy surrounding this game and like there's people that rely on it directly for their livelihood, which is like a scary place to be in. Um, and like you said, like I'm sure Ninja knew like one way or another, but then you have this, those mid tier streamers who aren't in the know for whatever reason. And you know, what are they thinking? Are they thinking I need a new career or at least I need a new game? Um, there's kind of a lot that goes into it. So yeah, as a marketing stunt, it definitely worked, but I guess you're right. Tactic. There's something to be said about the, uh, irresponsibility of it i mean i don't know that it will like have turned anyone off like, like I'm, I'm sure even if people had tantrums at the time uh then they would have heard like oh chapter two okay i'm going back in you know like i 
So me, I would doubt that they lost people. Me personally, I never invest too much money in a game. And if they were to do stuff, stuff like that, I would say F this and, and F you to the game people and just completely switch off to another game. Because ultimately, my biggest play style isn't heavy on the online multiplayer. It's it's more in the story side of it and the campaign side of it. So that's that's part of the reason to answer your original question. Would I get into Fortnite now with all these updates? Probably not. There's not much of a story there. So that said, though, imagine that you've played Fortnite for the last however many years and you've played the same maps, you've gotten the same weapons, you've gone through all the same game mechanics. And granted, yes, the game was offline for a day and a half, but now you've got basically a reset button and all of this fresh new content. I mean, servers have to go down at some point. This game is like a super big worldwide phenomenon. So there's really not a good time of day for the servers to go down for an update this massive. I mean, I've never heard of an update taking a day and a half. Usually they're rolled out in a patch or something that the the players can update at their convenience. But- well, so I'm not sure. I, the vibe I'm getting and from the article that I have in front of me Um I think that, so like I mentioned, there was a black hole for a while and then it changed to a server down screen. I'm guessing for a a good long while, that black hole, there was no update taking place. That was just hype building. Um, The server being down for however long it was, you know, like you said, it it looks like from this article, they usually update their servers between 4 and 6 a.m. Eastern time, which is presumably the best time to do it because it's when the traffic is lowest. But like even with that, and the marketing scheme and everything like that, if you've invested so much of your time and you have a following based around Fortnite and you just love the game that much, I feel like you'd be grateful at the end of this whole ordeal knowing that there's so much new content. I I mean, yeah, I I can imagine if I was into the game when it came back, I would be extremely excited just because you're just, it's pure exploration then, right? But at the same time, like tactic said like what what if you're someone who's invested who who just goes crazy on these microtransactions and like you know i don't think that the update will have lost people like i don't think the the new chapter two i don't think it would take away things that you earned in chapter one but at the same time the chapter two rollout kind of inherently implies that the stuff that you might have paid top dollar for in chapter one might soon become obsolete and, you know, that that's the danger of microtransactions with any game, I would argue. But with this especially, the update, even for serious players, might be kind of a double-edged sword because you're getting all this new stuff, sure, but the stuff that you may have worked really hard for is going to be heading out the door. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of mixed on this, I guess. Yeah, and don't um, get me wrong. I'm all for new content, new things to explore. I just, I wasn't a fan of the way they went about it. I think overall, though, this begs a bigger discussion about just the longevity of online games as a service in general and all of the people who are pouring their money into microtransactions and stuff like that for all of these online games. I mean, it's not just Fortnite, which is free to play to begin with, but you think about things like Destiny and The Division and games like that where you buy the base game, but ultimately like there is a shelf life on these games. You're paying for the game, you're paying for the microtransactions for all of your stuff. But at the end of the day, whether it's five years, 10 years, who knows how long, all of these games have an end date. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the stuff that you buy in game, like I've never been a big microtransactions guy. I actually don't think I've ever spent any like money on what I would call microtransactions. I bought DLC, but that doesn't seem like the same thing to me. Um, it's the, the shelf life on anything you'd buy with a microtransaction is so finite because it's when you buy it, it might be new hotness, but it's going to be old and busted pretty soon. And then there's going to be a different new hotness. Hey, my sweet rocket league cars will always be new hotness. <laughs> it's still, it's still new hotness after all this. Always time. new hotness. Well, I mean, Hey, if, if, I would argue that a lot of the people that are getting into microtransactions in the first place are doing it because something is new and they want it. And if you don't want it because you want it and you genuinely love it and you just want it because it's new, then you're going to get stuck on a merry-go-round of spending a lot of money. But and anyways, we, we digress. Uh, Fortnite Chapter 2 is live now. Here's what, uh, here's what I think needs to happen as a sidebar with microtransactions. 
And okay. and I'm glad I brought up Rocket League specifically because in one of the prior to the most recent one of the more recent updates, you used to be able to there was a whole like black market Rocket League exchange where you could trade for money for with random people and it wasn't just buy this and you'll get a crate to maybe get this. It was you can get this for whatever you're valued it for and you either go through Reddit or through like third party yeah. websites. And that's you where I've talked about this on yeah, previous episodes. That's where I, where I dark think market. microtransactions should be. It should be this own booming economy that I think is makes it a lot more interesting. Well, I also think too, some people like I never really felt bad about microtransactions in a game like Rocket League because I think I want to say I got it for free. Like I don't even think I paid for Rocket right. League. So at the end of the day, all of the money that I sunk into it at some point went back to the developers, whether it was me opening a crate myself or paying someone else a dollar for something that they got out of a crate. Like at the end of the day, somebody had to pay the developers. And I always found that that was okay, at least in like that was the only game that I've really ever bought things in. But considering I've sunk so many hours, I think I have over 500 hours in Rocket League. And for a game that I got for free, I don't mind giving the developers some kickback. Well, that's, you know, that's exactly why these games are free too. Like I'm sure Fortnite being free gets people more willing to put some money into microtransactions. Like you said, they go to the developers. So, you know, it's good. There, There's in theory pretty much no middleman with microtransactions, um, which is good. Um, I think the economy that you're describing, Tactic, uh, the black market economy of, of Rocket League, isn't that how Warcraft works just by default? Like, Warcraft, I don't think there's much loot box stuff going on. I think that's literally, I think there's actually a marketplace. Yeah, I think... I could be wrong. You, and I've never played that, but I think you earn rewards and stuff by completing missions and quests quests and then i think there is a black market where you can sell these things because i know you have there's people in third world countries who are literally farming for all of these items and stuff that you can get as a reward from a quest or something like that and then they just go and sell it because people don't want to take the time to actually defeat the quest they just want the weapon or cosmetic thing that you get from it and and you know what like i have to agree with you tactic i think that's a better system like loot box i mean we've talked about loot boxes extensively on this show we've talked about people trying to pass laws to get rid of them i mean we talked about battlefront too and that whole thing broke like loot boxes are even ethically like they're kind of a mess like i don't understand why why we need that like even even if the goal is to even if the goal with loot boxes is to create something that's so fundamentally addictive in the same way that a slot machine is I think there are other ways to do that. And and I'm not sure that we need it to be this very thinly veiled gambling. But anyways, uh, we digress. Fortnite Chapter 2, check it out. Uh, it is live now if you're a Fortniter. Uh, let us know what you think on our social meds. And maybe you'll get shouted out on an episode. Just like we're about to shout out our Patreon producer, Ben. Uh, so... As we've mentioned many times in the past, uh, our good friend Ben, who we mentioned having tweeted at us earlier in the episode, uh, is a Patreon producer. So um, he supports us at the topmost of our three levels of Patreon support, and uh, that is the night level. As a result, uh, he gets access to our secret segment and our monthly vlog, and uh, he gets a shout out in every episode, input into our uh, game segment we do every week, and he also... uh, recently uh, semi-recently now i guess got to a uh, guest on the show uh so if you want to be like ben ben is super cool we've talked to him um and we know uh you should uh head on over to our patreon and support us and uh if you don't want to support us at the night level we also have two lower levels there's the squire level uh, which gives you access to the secret segment and the vlog and then the page level which gives you access to the monthly secret segment so if you want to check us out, we would really appreciate it. We love uh, getting people's support and uh, knowing that people appreciate what we do. Um, and anything you would support us with would go to um, directly back into producing this show. So uh, if you want to go over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast, go over there and check us out and be like Ben guys, be like Ben. We should make t-shirts that say be like Ben. 
in honor of our first uh, Patreon producer. Um, we're going to take a quick ad break now uh, to shout out one of our podcast friends. We're Jonathan and Molly, and we want to tell you about our podcast, One Star Bazaar. We review the movies critics hated in search of the unfairly underrated. Between our differing tastes in movies and our simplified review criteria, can we agree if a critically panned movie is worth a watch? We try to save you from the terrible movies out there and find the good in the critically bad. Follow us on social media at One Star Bazaar and listen on your favorite podcast platforms. All right, let's get back into things um, and let's move to our final news topic of the day. We're going back into into Batman Town, which I guess, well, I guess Batman Town is, is Gotham. But uh, uh, recently the news broke that uh, we have a new Catwoman uh, for the Robert Pattinson uh, Batman movie that will be directed by Matt Reeves. And it is Zoe Kravitz. Uh, you may know Zoe Kravitz, first of all, as the daughter of singer-slash-actor Lenny Kravitz. Uh, you may also know her from the Divergent trilogy of movies. Uh, looking at her filmography, she's also been in X-Men First Class, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, which was a fantastic movie. And uh, actually, she voiced Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie. So, kind of uh, taking from what they know, I guess. Uh, did you guys see the Lego Batman movie? Because I did not. I did see the Lego Batman movie, and it was very good. Was she good? Like, at least, like, vocally, was she up to snuff uh, Catwoman-wise? I would say she was Catwoman in this one. That was That would be my review. I didn't hear okay, the well, voice and go, oh, that sounds off. Sounded fine. I think Catwoman is probably a really tough character to play in general. But like, so I will say I thought Anne Hathaway did great in the Chris Nolan movies. Um, I have not seen the Halle Berry Catwoman, but boy, I've seen scenes from it. Not great. Um, you know, I, I actually thought she was an okay Catwoman. Okay, haters gonna hate. It was the the plot itself was just I was kinda say, lackluster. She was fine. The movie was just was was a mess, I think. I mean again, I've only seen a few scenes, so I don't know the ins and outs of it, but it seems like she was okay and just got roped into a really, really bad production. Um in any case, you know, obviously playing a, a superhero character or comic book character, like there's this huge mantle that you're putting on and I mean, her filmography, she has some big franchise movies here, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like she's relatively unproven, so I don't know what to think of it. I mean, I didn't know what to think of this movie to begin with because I don't know about the whole Robert Pattinson thing, but um, I, I like Anne Hathaway, so I might be hard to please, but you guys sound like you're relatively on board, question mark? Yeah, I'm for it. I'm always for a new face to see what they can do. And and like you said, it's an opportunity to step up to the plate and show what you got. Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to her casting. I I mean, everything that I've seen her in, I guess she's been pretty good. I don't really, none of her roles really stand out to me per se. So like, I can't put my thumb on it and be like, oh yeah, she's going to be great. But I'm willing to give it a shot. Like, hey, if I'm willing to give Edward Cullen a shot as Batman, I think she'll do okay. It's so sparkly. Do you have like a dream, a dream casting that like if, that you wish someone else would have been Catwoman? Like I'm, a th- I'm I don't have a, an answer off the top of my head, but I'm wondering if you guys like know of like this perfect Catwoman actress that I don't know about. I really kind of an don't. Spot question. I feel like, um, oh man, what's her name? She was the princess of Genovia. Help me out here. Princess of Genovia. What movie are we talking about? The actor Anne Hathaway. She was a pretty good Catwoman, I have to say. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought she was great. I mean, I think. But again, I think I think she was aided very strongly by just being in a very good overall movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think the scenes that she got and the exploration that her character got, I think she did really, really well. It was it was much less campy because like a lot of the Catwoman that you see is like them like making like cat noises and like just being very caddish and like Anne Hathaway wasn't like that. Anne Hathaway was kind of this stone cold, cool. I mean, she was a cat burglar. Sure. But like she wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of cat stuff going on. So I thought that was, it was a nice subdued take on it. I would not, 
I, w- I would like to see something similar to that this time. I don't really care much for the whole, like, I'm a literal cat interpretation, which granted, I think you get that more from like the Adam West Batman, but either way. Um, yeah, I'm not so big of a fan of like the Arkham game interpretation of Catwoman. Uh huh. It just, something feels off. I know she's supposed to be like sexy and sly and stuff like that, but that just felt a little bit overplayed for my taste. Um, they find ways to to make the character say perfect just so she can literally purr. Yeah, exactly. I would just like and it's weird. Like a more authentic real human being to play Catwoman. That would be interesting to me. Because like our Catwoman, like Catwoman it's not like Spider-Man. Like she didn't like get bit by a cat, right? Like that's not part of it. No, not at all. It's it's just she's just a a very cunning a criminal i guess is her main shtick it's just she goes for the cat thing because of aesthetics i guess i don't know this so to this would never happen um simply because she's already in the justice league but i think gail gadot would be a really good Catwoman personally gail gadot sure i think she would be a fantastic cat (laughs) i think Uh, she's got like she could i think she could play kind of the dark side role as opposed to the hero side very easily. Gal, if you're listening, leave us a a comment on how to pronounce your name correctly. Is it is it I actually don't know which one it is. I think it's Godot, but I'm not positive. I think it is Godot. I've I've seen her do a lot of interviews where she goes, I am Gal Godot, or however she, her accent is. I can't do accents. Isn't she like Israeli or something? I think so, yeah. She's a she's a complete badass. Uh whatever she yeah, she is she is Israeli. Uh, I think Gal Gadot is a is a fine, fine choice. I don't have any immediately better options. Um, yeah, I I don't know. We'll see with this with this Matt Reeves movie. Um, the Matt Reeves Batman. I'm looking up when it comes out. Does it even have a release date yet? I. Well, we'll find out in a second as soon as I can Google. June twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. So this is quite a ways out. Um. What do you guys think of Zoe Kravitz as the Batman? Leave us a tweet. Leave us an Instagram comment. Leave us anything on any social media, and we will hit you back. Let's talk about what we've been up to. It's It's been that kind of week where we've been up to things, hopefully. Um, I am going to defer, again, like I usually do, uh, to the Nerd Bomber. All right, so... I know what Tectic is going to talk about, so I don't want to tread on his toes a little bit here. Um, So I will talk about the book that I've been reading for what feels like forever. Um, I have finally finished. So Dark Age, the next Red Rising book that just recently came out by Pierce Brown. Um, It's coming in at like a whopping 750 pages, I believe, is the final count. And I finally finished it last night. And it was surprising. It was a lot better than I expected it to be. Um, I, I wasn't super sold. So the the original trilogy of books in the Red Rising series, they were all from the perspective of the main protagonist, Darrow. Um, then in when he rebooted the series with Iron Gold, which was the last book that came out, the first in this new trilogy, um, it started having this like shifting perspectives because there were a bunch of different things going on now in the world that Darrow created in the first trilogy. So he had a lot of shifting perspectives and I, I didn't really necessarily like that. I thought it, I enjoyed the book, but I was just kind of off put by the fact that I wasn't following my main character anymore. And so this book continued the trend, but I felt like it did it better somehow, and I can't really put my finger on how it was better than Iron Gold, but it was. I enjoyed it better. I feel like I got a better feel for the characters that he chose to like give their perspective, and overall, it was a really good book. Super long. It ended on a cliffhanger type, so I, I think the next book might be coming out next year, and I'm sure I'll forget everything that happened by then, but um, there was a lot of stuff that went on, some interesting twists. Um, I'm, I thought it was a good book. Would Definitely you recommend rec- it? I would recommend. Yeah. If, if you've read the original trilogy and you're looking to see more of that world, then I would recommend it. I would find it very difficult to dive into this book if you haven't read any of the others. Well, there you have it. No, no further questions, your honor. Uh, Tectic, uh, 
Nerd Bomber kind of hyped what you're going to update us on. I don't know what it is, so take it away. So Nerd Bomber and I have started playing Borderlands 3. Oh, this is big. And so far, it has all the classic comical commentary. Say that three times fast. However, starting it up is a little bit rough. And so, so Nerd Bomber and I play it split screen on, on in one location, couch co-op, big fans. And you have to really meticulously set up all of your options. First and foremost, the subtitles are super, super small because they're I guess they're optimized for the screen size. And then when you do split screen, you just can't read it. And so, so do they go on each screen? No, it just goes on the first player's screen. So what would be oh, the top screen? Um, okay, yeah. But you can you can go into the options um, and fix that. So it's not a big deal. But the next one that was kind of frustrating getting started, and it didn't get better, we just got used to it, is when you go into your loadouts menu, like to do your power-ups and your inventory, the menu is incredibly slow. And this is a known issue across everyone playing this game. And hopefully Borderlands, there's an update coming soon, but it is painful. And it's super laggy, not even for the person in the menu, but if you're the other person on the screen, so like the second screen in co-op, and the other person boots up the menu for whatever reason, you are stuttering. So if you're getting shot at, you you could easily like, die because the game just stutters. So that's a little so rough. A follow-up question, uh, and I'm not sure if you, if you have the option either way in Borderlands, but philosophically, to the both of you, vertical split screen or horizontal split screen so right now we're on horizontal split screen um i think do you have the option to switch i haven't seen the option to switch i know in the previous games you used to have the option to switch but i don't know and i know in the previous games i think we played in vertical mode but i just haven't seen that option we did play it in vertical mode because the issue that happened is happening us when one person's looking at a weapon to pick up and it kind of covers my screen while you're looking at a weapon yeah because a little stat window pops up when you hover over a weapon that's on the ground and it tells you all of the different stats for it and so yeah if you're the bottom player you are getting your menu for whatever reason they've overlaid it onto the top player's screen so there was a time when Tectic was yelling at me just put it away just put it away and I was like what are you talking about (laughs) and I didn't realize that I was looking at a gun and it was covering up his entire screen basically so he couldn't see what he was doing I was trying to fight someone (laughs) seems very fixable uh, like as a software issue but but yeah the the reason I ask is I only I've only played Borderlands 1 I didn't even finish it but I thought it was great Um, but I do remember I think it I think that game defaults to vertical split screen so I was surprised to hear you say that you have a you have a stack situation going on, but either way, whatever floats your boat, I guess. I mean, but overall, so far, like good, good experience. Overall, good. The next thing I wanted to touch into is the characters that we decided to play the game as. So we're just doing a two-person team, and obviously, there's four people that you can select. So we had to choose wisely, and so for me, I chose Zane. He is a kind of a tech guy. He has different support things like a barrier and a and an attack drone, and he can also make like a duplicate of himself for a diversion. And so, what are the archetypes that we're the four archetypes that we're working with here generally? Because there's usually like four. There's usually like a big beefy guy, a, a range person. Like, what what are we talking about? So, I'm the support role. That's Zane. Then there is a big beefy robot girl. Um, there is a biotic, what would you consider? She's a siren. A siren. Sorry, I got mass effect on the brain. I would say that, um, oh, she's probably more of a close range because at least in the, the preview that they give you of the character, it seems like you use her biotic abilities to like hold people in place while you pummel them. Okay. Her siren abilities. (laughs) And then number four. And then this was nerd bomber. Yeah, so I chose to play as Flack, which if any of you have seen the character, you'll know why. I'm a big animal fan, and his main power is that he controls animals. Um, So you constantly, you have a pet that is always there. Um, It has its own health. It actually attacks people for you. It can guard, depending, you have like three different pets that you can choose from to have out at all times. And then your power that you can deploy is... You can like summon animals 
various animals to go attack people in addition to your pet. Um, I will say I definitely I enjoy the cuteness factor of having a pet. Um, it gets a little annoying sometimes because the pet has its own icon and it covers up a substantial portion of the tiny, tiny map because they made the pet like a big paw print. And meanwhile, like my icon and Tactics icon were just little arrows. So sometimes it like blocks things. But overall, like I enjoy you can like pet your pet and it'll dig stuff up out of the ground. It's super cute. I really I like it. your pet. Yeah. Anyone can pet my pet. So come on down, so- folks, and pet her pet. There you have it. Anyone can pet Nerd Bomber's pet. Uh, so Borderlands 3 going pretty well so far. I'm sure we'll have further updates on that as the weeks go by. My understanding is that it's a pretty long game. I don't know how far you guys would say you are through it. Yeah, I would say we've played like maybe five hours of the game. We're those people. This game will probably take us a while because we like to clear off every single side quest that's how we played the other two borderlands and i mean the gunplay is just so tight there's so many different loot variants that why wouldn't you i mean i know some people obviously there are a ton of different games to play out right now but borderlands is one of those games where i can get lost in it for a very long time so i'm sure we'll have lots of updates coming soon well there you have it um on my end uh, i did see joker and I want to just give a general opinion that it is not as good as everyone says. Uh, really? I, yeah, I, I don't want to get too spoilery. I just, I don't think, so th- their take on the character, certainly unique. Joaquin Phoenix is amazing. He should get nominated for an Oscar. I don't know if he'll win, but he'll definitely get nominated. Um, it's very, very dark. It's a very, very depressing movie. A lot of it is not about the Joker and it's about, uh, mental health awareness which i think is very important um but i don't like what they've done to the joker in the sense that when i think joker okay i think he, he's he's designed to be the the perfect uh yin to batman's yang in that batman is this very cerebral he's 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 supposed to be the world's greatest detective and the joker is in turn something of a criminal mastermind he has these plots and they go a certain way and Batman gets screwed. And that's kind of just the back and forth that they have. Well, I'm going to correct what you said. He's not so much a criminal mastermind so much as he's chaos. You can't be a great logical detective against chaos. I, I suppose. I mean, so I don't like, I, I would argue that he's directed chaos. I think he creates chaos in a specific way to ruin Batman's day. And it works. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, again, without giving spoilers, seems to kind of just fall ass backwards into becoming the Joker. Like, it, it's almost like it happens on accident, which I guess maybe supports your chaos theory. Um, it just, it doesn't feel right. Like, if they're claiming to be an origin story, which I'm not even sure that they are, um, it's not a very tight origin story to me. Uh, and another big problem with it is that it seems to really not want to be associated with the DC universe at all. But then in certain segments, it seems like it does. So it's, that's a little bit of a confusing back and forth. Uh, all in all, it was good, but it, it I was expecting to be blown away and I was not. Um, I did think, uh, conversely, I, I watched El Camino, which is the new Breaking Bad movie on Netflix. That was fabulous. Uh, I, recommend, I recommend that anyone who's watched Breaking Bad watch it. Um, You'd be surprised uh, at how much it seems because I, I when I went to watch it I was like we don't really need more Breaking Bad you do you need you need you need this uh, if you liked Breaking Bad so go check that out um, other than that uh, I will just add that I finally watched Midsummer I'm just saying all movies that I've watched but it was a busy movie weekend Midsummer was terrible that's a really hot take everyone loved Midsummer. Uh, I did not like it. If you want to know why, hit me up on the social medias. I'll break it down for you. Um, but we need to move on to our discussion of the Fantasy Movie League. Let's see uh, what happened. I actually haven't looked at the rankings until right now. Um, let's just run through the overall first. Well, actually, no. Let's, 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 do it. let's do it by the book here. Top 10. Week 9. Week 9. I actually set a lineup. Week 9 tactic wins again congratulations to tactic uh 
I can win when Nerd Bomber stops participating. It seems that way. Uh, so I, I will in third I'll, place too. I'll Sorry, put go in ahead. A qualifier that I said I was sick last week and I'm still sick. So I've been going to bed early and I just completely forget because normally all of my activities, even like setting my fantasy football daily lineup, which bombed too this week, I usually do that like either late Thursday or something like that before I go to bed. And my sleep schedule has been a miss. So. So has my fantasy movie league. We're not going to say your name because you're not on the top 10 this week. Um, Tactic coming in at 80 million. Uh, Devin Reed, uh, a perennial contender, in at 77. Uh, I came in third place this week, guys. I'm very proud of myself. One of my best weeks in a while. Uh, 73 million, just about. Hipster Pop Geek at 72. Spitfire at 71. Florida Hawk, who I think might be a new participant, is in at 70. Hackett's Tech at 67. Secret Asian Man at 66. Our good friend Ben at 58 million. And Mecha Yoda at number 10 with 56. Nerd Bomber, if you want to know what you got, you're going to have to check yourself. Tough break, kid. Uh, so this takes us to the overall. Tactic, reigning supreme at 651 million Woo-hoo. on the season. Uh, Devin Reed at 646, Spitfire at 619, Mecha Yoda at 610, Hipster Pop Geek at 601, our good friend Ben at 565, Hackett's Tech also at 565. Boy, very slim margin there between 6 and 7. Nerd Bomber at 8 with 547 million, and I am way down at 488 million. Secret Asian Man in 10th place at 391 so my goal this week is for nerd bomber to forget to set up lineup again and then maybe i'll catch her for eighth place um because this is the last week of season three of our fantasy movie league so if you want to get in just kind of test things out uh see how the whole thing works you can get in for the last week of season three and prep yourself for season four which starts the week after this one um you can go over to fantasymovieleague.com and look up our league, which is called Online Warriors Podcast. It's a private league, but the password is podcast all lowercase. So we'd love to have you join us, uh, get in on the fun, and get your name said on an episode, uh, which could be fun. So uh, check us out, and I will now swing it over to our game host this week. Congratulations to the Nerd Bomber who won last week. What do you got for us today? All right, so we have another session of the Lie Detector Quiz Show. This week, our Patreon producer, Ben, voted on the quiz topic, and it is going to be Candle Sense. So what I'm going to do, I've got quite a few here. Um, I'm going to give you guys various candle scents, and you will have to tell me if they are fake or real. Okay, so let's get started. I have a candle lit right in front of me right now, so I should win this. So you're prepped. You're channeling your inner candle. Yeah. Okay, so the very first one is Sriracha. Fake or real? I'm going to go with fake. All right, so Illegal gets the first point. This is actually a candle sent by Bath and Body Works. They got Sriracha everything, man. I couldn't imagine that, like, you smell that and go, ah, that's pleasant. I mean, I know you love the scent of Sriracha as well as the taste, so I'm surprised this wouldn't be up your alley. This may be a spoiler for a future question, but I own a Fruit Loops candle, and it's honestly amazing. It's incredible. That sounds Would absolutely re- delightful, and it is not it's a spoiler. Not, it's not the one that I have lit right now. I, I'm my go-to scent is uh, pine all year round, not just Christmas time. All year round, I have pine candles. So, uh, yeah, shout out to pine, great scent. Anyways, continue. Okay, I'm going to continue on the food train. And ask you if you think the Cheez-It Crackers candle is a real scent. This is real as well. Tactic? I'm going to go with real as well. Okay, you're both correct here. This is a candle scent brought to you by Plunk Soap. This would probably be one of my favorite candle scents if I had it because I love Cheez-Its. Damn straight. All right, so my next one, I'm going to continue to rock the food candles. How about the Arby's Roast Beef Candle? (laughs) <laughs> this one's fake tactic fake all right you guys both got that one there is no <laughs> such thing as the arby's roast beef candle however there is it. one for white castle if you guys were interested white castle yeah. does have a burger scented candle i would much rather the roast beef 
it's a, it's a dark world we're living in. Okay. So I'm going to move off of the food scented candles. I'm going to give you guys something a little bit different. How about the scent of earthworm? Real or fake? This is fake as well. Tactic. I'm trying to see her face, and I'm I'm telling you, folks, it Dude, is stone no fair. That's not cold. fair, man. I I can't see it. I'm gonna go real. All right, so illegal gets this one. There is no such yes. thing as an earthworm scented candle. However, fun fact of the day: there is a perfume where you can buy and smell like earthworm. See, Not that's sure. What I was thinking of the perfume. Um, that was it. Yeah, right. I have no idea why you would want to smell like that, but hey, it is out there in the world. Get Jim to come we, over. Earthworm Jim. See what it did there? Before we move on, can I just... I have a perfect score right now. I'm killing this. You do. It is okay, currently I, four to two. want to make sure that everyone... I'm taking away. risk to close the gap. I feel it. I feel it. You're going to have to take more because I'm widening the gap. Okay. I've got another one for you guys then to see how this gap widens or closes. How about a Clorox scented candle? That's real. This is real. This is real, yeah. I actually made this up. Clorox does have a brand of candles, but they don't make it smell like they're cleaner. See, I hope you learned something, kids. Don't ever say you have a perfect score when the game's not over. You'll lose it. That sounded so obvious to be real. Yeah, I thought for sure we had it. They do have a brand of candles, but it doesn't smell like Clorox, and I don't know who would want it to smell like Clorox. What does it smell like? I think they have just like regular flowery scents. Like for like fresh linen? Mm-hmm. Fresh linen's a bullcrap scent, by the way. It's nothing. Fresh linen is literally the smell of nothing. Okay, so I'm going to move on to the next one. I have buffalo sauce. Is this one fake or real? It's real. Tactic? Real. You guys are wrong again. It is fake. I just made that what? up. What? How is that not real? How is, is no sriracha candle. real, but buffalo sauce not? I don't know what to tell you, but I did Google, and unless you guys can prove me wrong, there is no such thing as a buffalo sauce candle. Man, you're asking the right questions, Tactic. I, I, there should definitely be a buffalo sauce candle before a, before a, a sriracha candle. I mean, come on. Be serious. Tell Bath & Body Works. See if they can make it for you. I, you know, I'll do that. I was recently at Bath & Body Works. Shout out to Bath & Body Works. Not a sponsor. Continue. All right. So the next one I have for you is Riding Mower. Oh, this one's real. Tactic? Real. You guys are both correct on this one. This is a scent from Yankee Candle. If you like the scent of freshly mown grass, this is a candle for you. I'm realizing this kind of reads like an ad, but I wanted to give a little bit more yeah. like context. <laughs> You, you have like a, you, you, and you have like a very ad voice right now. Like you're really pepping it and I, I appreciate it. I figured, you know, all of our other trivia seems to be like somewhat informative. So I figured this one, like at least you'd get some information, a little bit of trivia out of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm for it. My next how one. Many, how many do you have left here? I have three left. Oh, sweet. Okay. Okay. So the next one that I've got for you is new paperback. Oh boy, That's um, this is the hardest one yet. I think this is fake. I think this is something that you would make up. All right, you guys are both wrong. This one is actually made by Frostbeard Studios. So if you love cracking open a book and just getting your nose in there, that might be a scent for you. Definitely the one that you've mentioned that's real that I most want is that last one. Definitely. Okay, I've got another one for you. Pad Thai. Fake. This is... Uh, this is Oh boy, this is fake. All right, you guys are both right in this one. It is a fake one. I made that up. My last one is money. Real. Fake. I got to close the gap somehow. Illegal was right on this one. It is a real candle brought to you by the Stinky Candle Co. There's actually, I was looking up like the most bizarre candle scents that I could find. And the Stinky Candle Co. Now, like this is, that was the last one I've got for you. So Illegal wins this one. This is just like an offshoot. But they have some really weird candle scents. Like they have urinal cake candles and Mm. just stuff that I don't know why anyone would actually want to sniff. But hey, they have it. I mean, I kind of like the smell of money. I'm not going to lie. Freshly printed money. Well, yeah, you don't, I mean, other money, you, I guess you don't really, you don't really know where it's been, but I mean, the scent is typically the same. 
So Anyways, I will uh, say I did a pretty good job, I think, of trying to catch you guys off guard. They weren't all totally like shoe-ins. So look at me go. If you guys can have any candle of any scent, what would it be? Pine. And I already have it. It's right here. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, I, I have wanted to try the Thin Mint candle that Yankee Candle has, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. I feel like I genuinely just like the scent of apple or vanilla. Like if I need my house to smell like something, that's what I want. Nothing else. Just that. I would do my house scent. Because you know, like when you're like on like, like you're all traveling all over the place. And then when you get home and you walk through the door, there's this very specific scent that is your home. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That candle. You could just take with you and feel. When I was a kid, uh. I went to my grandparents' house and they had this like pantry that they would keep the snacks in that whenever we went to the pantry to get the snacks, we were always excited because we were about to get a snack. And that the inside of that, pan, it was like a cupboard. The inside of it smelled like something. It didn't smell like food. Like if you stuck your head in there and breathed deeply, you'd get high off of it. And I, I miss that. And not because I like, I'm not saying like I miss the high. I miss the smell because of what it like was associated with. Smell is like supposed to be the scent that's most tied to memory. So anyways, um, I look forward to hosting the game next week. Uh, I'm going to really cook up some humdingers uh, as far as fake answers go. Um, thank you to Nerdbomber for hosting. Uh, You're very thank welcome. You. Thank you to all our listeners for listening. Uh, we love doing this. Um, we love that you love that we do it. Um, so we thank you for listening and, and, we thank you for your support and uh, your uh, hitting us up on the social meds. And uh, if you like what you're listening to, um, head on over to Apple Podcasts and, and leave us a, a review. We do look over there and peek in to see what people think. So uh, we'd really appreciate that. And um, we're looking forward already to talking at you next week. See you later. See you. Have a great week.